The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by Mad Mushroom, home of the original cheese sticks. Proudly serving Purdue's campus, Mad Mushroom offers Boilermakers amazing pizza, cheese sticks, wings, grinders, and so much more. Next time you visit, tell them Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by Webb's Family Pharmacy. Webb's Family Pharmacy is an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in Rochester, Akron, and North Manchester, Indiana. Webb's is happy to announce that they are providing flu shots by appointment right in your car. Simply call to set up an appointment and their friendly and caring staff will be happy to help you. For all of your high quality medical equipment, supplies, and pharmacy services, check out www.webrx.com or give them a call. Webb's Family Pharmacy, the professional pharmacy with the hometown touch. The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact Mitch Melton today for all of your landscaping needs at 317-694-9763. Shroof Landscaping, design with you in mind. This is Carson Edwards from the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Tanner Lee, Evan Webb, and Andrew Eiler. Look, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab on And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellick and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to him. More in space. A burst of speed. A place down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Touchback. Touchdown. It is intercepted. Bailey. The other way. What is up, Boilermaker Nation? Tanner Lee, along with Andrew Eiler and the returning Evan Webb. We missed you last week, Webby. Good to be back. Back for another edition of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, streaming live on our Facebook page, on our YouTube channel, and on our YouTube in our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. There we go. <laughs> I'm gonna screw that up if I try to get too fancy with it, but uh Oh, boys, it feels good to have Purdue football, Purdue sports in general, back in our lives, doesn't it? Absolutely. Made Saturday a lot more interesting. <laughs> it sure did. Uh, you know, it was kind of like when the NFL season started. I'm like, I wonder how I'm going to feel when the game kicks off, when there's no fans there. I didn't care why the game was going on. Purdue football was back, and I was full into it. So. It was fun, and we are going to get into that. And uh looks like we got a few viewers already. Skip says howdy. Hey there, Skip. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. Hope you stick with us. And uh, as we recap the Boilers' 24-20 victory over Iowa, we're going to try to hit on the latest news regarding Rondell Moore, which there isn't too much news, but we can speculate. We'll preview the upcoming game for the Purdue Cannon at Illinois. And uh, maybe even hit on some basketball recruiting news. So let's get right into the game. First time we've had a game to, a game to recap since the uh, basketball loss to Rutgers back in late mm-hmm. or mid-March. 
Oh, yeah. Feels oh, like a lifetime ago. ago. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Finally. Man. But uh, so, what was the last win? Like, so was it the was it Iowa basketball? At Iowa, <laughs> yes, sir. We are dominating Iowa. Own for year the state of Iowa. We own them right now. Um, Jeff Brom owns Kurt Ferentz. The Even whole, though Jeff Brom, the whole Brahms. Yes, the Brom clan. <laughs> yeah. As Jeff Brom was not the head coach for the Boilermakers uh, this past week. We Andrew and I covered that last week on the uh, preview, the game day preview edition that uh, he had COVID-19. It does sound like today from his weekly press conference that he'll be back Wednesday, which is good, as well as the special teams coordinator, which it was kind of speculated there was some other member of the staff that had COVID last week, but no names were dropped. We found that out on Saturday morning for the game, as did we that King Doru wasn't going to be playing. And uh, That was non-COVID related, though. No, that was hamstring. hamstring. That was hamstring yeah. related in mm-hmm. practice. And uh, another – what was that? It's the new ACL. It really is. It's getting kind of annoying already. And also, one thing we didn't get to cover last week was because uh, it broke Friday afternoon was that Rondell Moore uh, broke Friday that he wasn't going to be suiting up for the Boilermakers in his long anticipated return after opting back in for the season. And we'll we'll cover that here in a little bit. But uh, so going into Saturday, the Boilermakers had no head coach, their star wide receiver, in. Starting running, back. starting running back. Potentially. I don't know. Was he actually – was King Doru the starter ahead of Horvath? What did the, what did the depth chart say? had him third, but I got the, the – He like, would have gotten Like, everybody was saying he was going to start, so I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But um, – so there was a lot of uh, – a lot of different uh, – yeah, different concerns going into that game. A lot of adversity the Boilermakers had to get over. But um, – Man, it, it was uh, – the juices were flowing. First play of the year, Sanusi Kane unloaded on the guy <laughs> on kickoff. True freshman, right? Yeah. First, yep. first player's career. Yep, from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And the Boilermakers forced a three and out on Iowa. Got the ball in return. Went three and out. Starting quarterback for the Boilermakers, redshirt junior walk-on, Aiden O'Connell. Um, so, Andrew, you owe me a beer. I do. I was very surprised. I would have. I would have picked. I would have picked him third of the three options. Third, really? I probably. Uh, I th- maybe not. I don't know. It would have been him and Burton close. I mean, it sounded like. I don't know. I probably would have put him second. Uh, definitely. I definitely was like all in on Plummer being the starter. I thought Plummer was going to start for sure. I thought Boiling Over kind of tipped their hat a little bit with Aiden O'Connell, um, but I still thought Plummer. Even though I did vote for Aiden O'Connell on our Twitter poll. <laughs> But a majority of our listeners and viewers were wrong. I'm going to go look at those results right now. Um, boy, I've tweeted a lot since the end of the game on our account. Um, I am not finding the poll. Oh, here it is. Uh, we had 83 votes. The tally was 67% Jack Plummer, 24% Aiden O'Connell, and 9% Austin Burton. So majority of the voters were wrong but uh so AOC got the nod and you know I started thinking yesterday we kind of saw this after Elijah Sinlar had the hot hand in 2017 got Purdue going got him to the Foster Farms Bowl got the win and a lot of people mm-hmm. thought David Blau would be the starter in 2018 but he went with Sindelar do you think it's kind of a situation like that just still riding the hot hand 
Um, I don't. I was listening to. I think it was Boiled Sports. Our friends at Boiled Sports. We'll call them our friends. Um, Hi guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, I th- one of their. I was listening to one of their. Like I listened to all their pregame podcasts. I had a chance to on Friday, but I think it was. Um, one of them was talking about how O'Connell might have been the safer choice given the situation with Brom not there. So maybe that was the reason for him. I don't. I have no idea. I mean, it, I was okay with either him or Plummer. But um, I, I didn't think about that. It did make sense that, you know, especially you kind of saw with his decision making was he wasn't really taking too many risks in terms of trying to fit, fit it in in tight spots. Um, I mean, we had the one. The one deep, pick. Yeah, the one pick. He had the one deep shot try with Bell where, he, where Bell couldn't get under it in time. But, I mean, you mm-hmm. saw he was like if it was in the end zone, he was thrown out of the end zone if he couldn't get his guy. So he wasn't trying to fit in there like maybe something plumber might try and do. So I don't know if that, that had something to do with it. If, it, if just the fact that, you know, Brom wasn't there calling the plays, if that factor into it, I have no idea, but I mean, yeah, I was, I was a little, I was a little surprised that we didn't see another quarterback, even just for a series. Yeah. Just because of how, how tall, how much they talked about the competition between the three and how close it was. And I think even Brom today said how, Oh yeah, he wanted out, but it was really close. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was surprised. I mean, O'Connell did great. I mean, he had times. I mean, that second quarter. I mean, they kind of went through lulls where they were struggling. The defense was struggling too, but they adjusted the second half. But kind of watching O'Connell, I think he just has the best arm. I don't know. I think he has the best arm. I mean, I I know it's an awesome Burton throw, but uh, true. But it just yeah. You think uh, you think he's he's a stronger arm than Plummer? I do. I think he's more accurate, and I think he's yeah. a better arm now. Yeah. He, he can't. He's not mobile. He's the least right. mobile of the three. And we saw a few plays. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been nice if a more mobile quarterback was in that could have scrambled probably out of two of those sacks and maybe got some yeah. yardage, if not a first down. But uh, going back to uh, not seeing two quarterbacks, I was surprised by that too. There was a couple times, especially in the third quarter, when mm-hmm. Aiden started kind of having a he struggled a little bit in the third quarter. Yep. I thought maybe they might try to do a change of pace. I was ready. I was, maybe, I was ready maybe. too. I didn't say in our group chat, but I was ready. And I'm, I'm glad he didn't. I mean, maybe they yeah. do if Jeff Brown was coach. Yeah. That's Saturday. the thing. That's I, I, I would, I would almost put money on that. I think we would have saw, we would have seen a quarterback change if Brown, if, if Jeff Brown was on the sideline, just I because think, it's just kind of the way he is. Um, and I think we, Jeff even mentioned that or made a comment that made it even sound more like that to where he was like, Oh yeah, Brian did a great job sticking with, O'Connell, mm-hmm. like yeah. he made, like he specifically said that and made him think like he was yelling yeah. at his TV, like <laughs> put somebody else in or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I still really wish they could have put a live cam or just a cam in uh, <laughs> in Jeff Brom's house to uh to get his reaction. He, money to watch. He, that. He Do you think he, he broke spent, anything? He, well, I don't know if he was asked that, but he said he sent the whole family to the game and he felt bad because he scared the dog multiple times by yelling. Yeah. So, but I mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've seen how mad like Tanner you get at video games sometimes. I can only imagine how intense Jeff Brom is when he is missing a game for the first time in his life, watching on TV helpless. Pretty much, yeah. I yeah. could only imagine how mad he he got he got to be one of us for a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, true, very <laughs> true. Except he actually knew what the plays were supposed to be and actually had reason yeah. to gripe. Where we are uh-huh. just we think we know. Yeah, but but we don't. But uh, our man knowledge is pretty shallow. Hey, man, I run a, <laughs> I run a slick man offense. Maybe not so much, but uh, I was glad Aiden started and finished the game. It, mm-hmm. it would be nice to get some consistency at yeah. a quarterback. Um, 
And I thought he played pretty well for the most part. He was uh, 31 for 50 for 282 yards, three touchdowns, all to David Bell, two interceptions. One was off Payne Durham, even though he threw it a little behind him. It was a bad mm-hmm. throw. He it admitted to that after bullet. the game. It was a bullet. Um, but something about this kid in the fourth quarter, he's got yeah. something, it seems like, and he just makes the throws and makes the plays when they're needed in the fourth quarter. His third come from behind victory as a, as a quarterback at Purdue in the fourth quarter. That's and, pretty impressive in five games. And five starts, yeah. Yeah. Well, one of them was a come or from five. behind against Nebraska that he came off the bench. After but, Plumber but, got hurt? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then the start at Northwestern. Okay, so, yeah. yeah. And then and he put up good stats against Indiana last year and played okay even yeah, at I mean, Wisconsin. He, he, he led us back against Indiana to at least yep. take it to overtime and we didn't get the job done. But Double OT, yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought he played well for the most part. I mean, there was times I got frustrated, and I might have even said, okay, maybe we should put another quarterback in. But yeah. uh, but I I've think been Plummer a, was warming up at one point. What that's, what, that's, that's what Twitter was saying. Okay. I don't know if that was true, but I, I swear I saw a couple people say that Plummer started warming up on the sideline. Now, I don't know. I mean, no one was at the game, so I don't know how <laughs> that was being. Families. Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, right, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Media members up in the press box. Yeah. But – um. No, I've been an Aiden fan. I, I think it's a cool, cool story. Absolutely. I mean, a walk-on who had no offers, really, besides walk-on offers. Yeah. And not only was he a walk-on, we had a walk-on starting quarterback, we had a walk-on center and running back. Yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, I knew the center. I probably forgot Horvath was a mm-hmm. walk-on, too. Yeah. Yep, because he was originally supposed to go to Indiana to play linebacker, and then yep. something happened, and he came to Purdue and walked on and played some running back, and he had a good day for himself, 21 mm-hmm. carries for 129 yards. Picked picking up where up he right left with- off. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Great minds think alike. Um, I was nervous at halftime, though. I thought, I think if Jeff Brown was coaching, we abandoned the run completely after yeah. only running for 24 yards on the ground the first half, but we stuck with it. Horvath is very talented when running north to south. When he gets east yeah. and west, that's when he struggles a little bit. Yeah, but, the uh, quickness, but he's got power. He's got, and he can, he's got some agility. That hurdle was the thing of beauty. <laughs> so. Thought he played well, and then of course David Bell. What what more can you <laughs> say about this kid? That is seven games over 100 yards in 13 career games. And uh, he was hurt, and he was hurt the first few games of those. Yep. Yeah, played through last year with a separated yeah. shoulder for the most part. Yep. 13 catches, 121 yards, three touchdowns. Was the co-offensive player of the week for the Big Ten with Richard, uh, freshman quarterback, Wisconsin quarterback Graham Mertz, who also uh, got freshman of the week too. Yep. Um, David. I'm not comparing him to this guy, but his playing style reminds me of Jerry Rice. Yeah, that comparison gets thrown around a lot. Again, it's not the we're not smooth. saying he's going to but yeah, uh-huh. he is so smooth. And I don't it. I'm so impressed by the fact, that, especially with Rondell being out, he's obviously our number one receiver. He's getting the best, most likely getting the best defender, getting the most coverage. They, they know still, where he is. Yeah, he still is open. How, I mean, that, how that, that, that touchdown that last? How did he get passed, so open? He yeah. was. I mean, yeah, he, that, he was in between was, two defenders. Yeah, and they were just like, good. "Oh no!" I don't know if it was just his own coverage. It just just got blown or what? But yeah, he was wide open for that last touchdown pass. I mean, it it, it just blows my mind how how he's able. To, I don't know if he just. I mean, I'm not watching him usually because the camera angle is bad, but. He just is so shifty, and he's just. I think he just has a just the or he has just the the uh, the savvy to to figure out ways to get open that and you know another receiver of a similar skill set but maybe not didn't have you know the mindset or the the savviness of it um, he's, he's, he just can get open just it's just so 
impressive. I'm sure part of that has to be so. I, I mean, I give some credit to Brahms too. I mean, oh, like yeah. play calling oh, and the design. Yeah. Like like the one the deep ball. I mean, like you just said, like he was open all day. I, I still think of that deep ball. I think it was bad between the sun and the shade. I think he yeah. lost it for a split second. I think he could. It was a yeah. tough catch, but we're so used to him catching everything around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, Evan, he has a knack for getting open. His route running is so crisp and clean. Mm-hmm. It's just smooth. He's not the fastest, but he's not slow no. by any means, but he's not the fastest. He's just smooth. I haven't really seen a wide receiver like wasn't this at Purdue. Wasn't that what up the Ohio State people said when he committed to Purdue? Like, oh, yeah, we didn't want him. He's not all that athletic anyway. Yeah. Oh, well. He likes playing as Iowa, and he's he's, he's a torture for Iowa, and, and, and Iowa was in his final four, and I'm sure they hate yeah. it. I mean, I mean, Kirk Ferentz said he's one of the best wide receivers they've played against in his 23 years, years or whatever, yeah. 21 years at Iowa. That's, said 21, yeah. that's a pretty impressive compliment. Um, I mean, I, and that's why I just really want to see number four out there too. I just want to see him at the same time. I just, I just yeah, want to see yeah. what happens. Oh, well, and then the other wide receiver that kind of showed up bigger than I expected, Milton Wright, I did not. Yeah. I mean – he looked like the first couple drives. He looked great. Like he made, he made that one over his head catch. The that was jumping. a bad throw, and he. I made was that like, that's a pretty. <laughs> yeah, that is. I was like, that's not, overthrow. That's a pick. If that's someone like Ahmad Anderson or maybe even Sparks, that's probably going over his head. But just the the tall frame, the athletic ability, he went up and made that catch look a lot easier than it probably was. Yeah, he his hands look great. I think I think he proved mm-hmm. to Purdue he's their number three option and and i think he's a guy if you get rondell out there with david he can flourish even more yeah um yeah i like i like the way th- it's gonna take me a, a while to get used to number zero being worn in college yeah. football yeah. in general but what was confusing me was uh uh who crap more marcellus moore's eight who, sheffield's eight why is right to feel like months i saw that got, too, even yeah. the announcer got confused like, oh no that, that's number eight that's sheffield out there but yeah that's it's weird to see number zero it was nice to see sheffield get in the mix a little bit um i thought he'd be in the mix more to be honest but i mean you look down the stat lines i mean milton wright seven catches for 85 yards Payne durham four for 41 malik carr True freshman mm-hmm. getting his first action, one for fifteen yards, and he almost had that that almost touchdown. Had touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he was in the air, but I mean, there's there's someone posted. It looked like his foot was down, but I was like, I don't think anyway. Uh, but it yeah. was a hell, it's a hell of a catch. I he's mean, he's a yeah. big boy. Yeah. <laughs> he's a big dude. Does he not wear gloves? Nope, nope. Yeah, wow, that's cool too because you don't see that very often. No, no. Mont Anderson two catches nine yards. Jared Sparks two catches six yards. But one thing I want to say about these guys. These guys are busting their butt out there 100%. They are blocking really mm-hmm. well on plays. Mm-hmm. Um, Sparks had a good block on, on Bell's second touchdown. And then Anderson mm-hmm. had a couple good blocks. Um, and Sparks also had a really key catch in this game. Yeah, I was about to say the catch towards the end of the game. Third and was seven, huge. he catches a badly thrown ball behind him, catches it to make it fourth and one. If he drops that, it's fourth and seven. Purdue probably didn't win that game, looking no. back on it. So. And then Alexander Horvath had two catches for five yards, kind of the swing passes we got used to seeing him um, involved in last year. But, uh, I mean, the offense wasn't fantastic, but I'd still give him a B, B-plus grade. I was, yeah. I was just yeah. having the run game got going. They they definitely, that first first half, and they def, the first quarter definitely, they missed some opportunities to blow it open. I mean, they are up 7 nothing, right, when then the, the Bell long bomb should have made it 14 yes. and then – then there was the pick down the kind of in the in the red zone. I think it was on the goal line, but I mean, so they had some opportunities, but um, 
overall police. I, I, the the weapons, even without Rondell out there, I mean, I mean, Payne, Payne Durham's going to be a force too, and he's only a sophomore. Mm-hmm. We saw Garrett Miller out there on the final drive yeah, of the game, yep. uh, mm-hmm. retro freshman. How about the offensive line? We haven't talked about yeah. the offensive line yet. Uh, and they played. Yeah, that, that was probably my, one of my biggest worries. Was we've got all these weapons, but you know, is whoever is you know running the show behind the behind center, are they even gonna have time to to set so, anything up? Do you but think? I, I, I thought the line held great. I mean, I mean, Iowa. They don't have what's his face from last year. AJ Epineza. Yeah, they don't, they don't have him there, but still, I mean, that's they're. They're big the, and they're yeah. They've got the, the, the coordinator is one of the best in the Big Ten, yeah. not the nation. He's been there for yeah. years. So. Yeah, I thought they held. It. I think I think we really saw a lot of. I think the coaches were swapping out a lot of mm-hmm. players and mm-hmm. it came like fresh. 10, 10, 12 yeah. deep. You saw Gus Hartwig make his debut as a true freshman at center, which was I, awesome. I think he finished the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he did too. As your true freshman center in his first game, I mean, I guess not. Like, it's not like he's not replaying kind of, in, yeah, in yeah. state or you know a max school. You know, you're you're playing, you know, a, a mm-hmm. team that won ten. Would they win ten games last year? I think. I don't know if they won that many, but they did beat USC in the bowl game. I know that. Yeah. Um, Kim Craig lost injury. Yep. He's out this yep. week. That's kind of a blow. He did was playing con- well. Did they, they confirm he's yeah, out? Confirmed that. Confirmed that today. Um, he didn't know about Del Rue. He says kind of a day-to-day situation, and he said, uh, um, "Coil, well, Coil's got to be probably a little longer." So yeah. I'm not sure what, what what's up with that. But uh, for the most part, Purdue got out of this game pretty healthy. Um, I was right. Iowa won ten games last year. With oh, the there you go, Webby. I should not um, should not doubt you. Nope. Um, how about the defense side of the ball? How do you think the Boilers played in the first game of the Bob Diaco era as defense coordinator? <laughs> I kind of got into – I was talking to my dad on the phone, I think third quarter into the fourth quarter, and we had very different opinions on how the defense was doing. I was very <laughs> frustrated with the defense. <laughs> and he was definitely more on the positive side. Really for the whole game, I was definitely in a negative space for a lot of the games because I felt like we, we were we could have done so much better for a long time. But then I after the game, I was like, we gave up three points in the second half mm-hmm. to a Big Ten team, the team that won 10 games the previous year. and Only 20 and granted, points. Yeah, and I mean, Iowa's not a juggernaut offensively by no. any means, but um, still, that's impressive. I mean, we gave up a crap ton uh, of yardage, yeah. which I, I, I was getting really frustrated with the fact that, yeah, we were – Betting not breaking, but a lot of times we were, you know, stopping them on the fifty, and then they're punting. We were we were starting from you know our ten or inside the ten, and we had we had to go eighty to ninety yards single time. We weren't really getting stops, you know, early on in the drive. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, they stopped them when they needed to. Well, it's kind of the um, Diaco defense last year for Louisiana Tech was a lot of bend don't break. Mm-hmm. And I think we kind of saw that this week, and I think we're going to have to get used to that, which is okay. Yeah. If they don't break, that's yeah. fine. I don't know. It was hard to watch. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was getting real frustrated with, with the tight ends that were catching over the middle. That, of the that, 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 15 yeah. yards, yeah. Yeah, but they did. That's true. They only scored 14 points. Yeah. Only, okay, they scored 17 in the second quarter. But it, they made it look pretty easy at times where it's like, <laughs> it'd be like, it'd be like, oh, man, what is this? Like the guy, he, got, he went seven yards before he got touched, like us to run yeah. up the middle. I, I thought a, good, a few good takeaways. Though. I thought the defensive backs in particular were a lot more aggressive than they ever mm-hmm. were last year. Yeah. I mean, they're getting good at the peanut punch from behind. <laughs> I mean, that's something we rarely saw last year, and we saw it two, if not three times on the other day yeah. in, in big spots. Yeah, I thought the guys were aggressive. And, yeah, they hit on some big plays, like some 40-yarders, but they never had the 
80-yard touchdown or the absolutely humongous play that we're kind of yeah. used to at Purdue and, and giving up once a game. And I think even like their longest plays, most of the time were like swing passes almost like out of the running back where he drifted yeah. out. So everybody was – everything was in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that, you said that 80-yard bomb. I mean, everything was right there. So, yeah, they went 30, 40 yards. But, okay, they still have to go into the 30 yards. Uh, Jalen Alexander led the team in tackles with seven. But I thought Demarcus Mitchell played like a baller. Lived he's up. Awesome. The, the, he's, he's all yeah. over the field. Yeah, all over the field, and which leads me to a question we had earlier in the show. I'm sorry, I'm just now getting to it. Skip, but Skip wanted to know: Would Mitchell and Big George be more dangerous if they lined up as linebackers and push all the 280 to 300 pound guys on the defensive line? That's a good question. I don't. I mean, Mitchell lines up everywhere. It yeah, matters four, was, three, or three, four. So, but George, I think he's good where he's at at the end. Yeah, I mean, I think George is going to end up being a linebacker in the NFL. Yeah, uh, like kind of like Kerrigan. Kerrigan, yeah. I think just just because the way that's just how the game is designed. But I think for Diaco's defense, he's he'll. I think we'll see him on the line stay on the end. Yeah, stay on the end, and he, he's just so quick off the ball. I mean, you saw him. He kind of. I mean, it was that the battle of Lafayette there between him and Coy Cronk there, and that's where he got his sack. His one sack yeah, he, on Cronk. Yeah, 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 he got a, he got the best of him on that play. Um, yeah, I think. I, I mean, I don't know if you. I'd like to maybe see it, just see what it's like. But I, I think you you would lose a lot of speed off the edge unless you shoved them, you know. But then you'd probably have you know four to five guys in the line. Then that kind of you know you then you don't have as many guys back, but. It would be kind of cool to see uh, Derek Barnes, Mitchell, and Carlo and Karloffs as your three linebackers <laughs> that are that all could be basically yeah. be defensive ends that are yeah. good, they, quick, athletic, and Iowa had a tough time when Barnes and Karloffs were lined up on the same side of the field. They had a very difficult time containing both those guys. And I feel like go for it, Tim. George might have got one sack, but he was in disrupting, I mean, and he, he was, was getting he held that. all over the place. Oh, yeah. He had that hurry, like first possession of the game like for Iowa. He he didn't get a sack, but he definitely put pressure on Petrus, whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, Petrus, Petrus, something like that. I, I feel like I didn't even notice Barnes out there. Yeah. Uh, just like Lorenzo Neal didn't do a whole lot. Um, second half, I noticed Neal in the second he half. He minutes. played. He, I mean, he had the big hold. Um, Takes up a lot of space. On, the last, on that Holy last drive. <laughs> He's a big dude. He's gained think, a little pound. Uh, yeah. I think on their last drive, Neal – like um, like beat the center like immediately to force Peaches to basically chuck it away and got held. Mm-hmm. That made it like fourth and fourteen or something. That made it a big. Yeah. It was a big one. Uh, or he yeah. like he was like in the he was in his face on his like third set back basically already. One thing I already like about this team is the depth on both sides of the ball. Yeah. They're just rotating a bunch of guys in and out, and that's, that's something amazing. we haven't had in a while. Yeah, it's nice to be in year four. Mm-hmm. LeBron Maris, he's he's built that depth finally, which I mean, hopefully we can only go up from here in terms of getting more offensive line depth, more defensive line where years past we had, you know, the starters were great, but then you get to the fourth quarter and they've been on the field all day. They just get too gassed. And yep. I think I mean, that's part of the reason why we were able to, to do what we did in the fourth quarter and stop them is because we had a lot of guys who had been subbing in and out and you had a lot of guys who stepped up and, you know, when it mattered, they were fresh. They weren't, you know, sitting there. And not only is it it's depth, they're young. I mean, it's yeah. redshirt sophomores, and then it's also like we said, this it's a free year, so these guys all have yeah. <laughs> still blows my mind. Two, <laughs> three more years I, for basketball too. So that, uh, yeah. all sports, the, 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 the scholarship numbers are just going to be insane. I don't so, know yeah. how they're going to do this. So does Mitchell? Could we have Mitchell for three years? Mm-hmm. He yeah. could be back for two full years if he wants to. He could come back. Yeah. He could be a sixty-year 
Yeah, yeah. we can have we can have. <laughs> now, I always wondered what if, and we don't have any of these uh, to my knowledge. If we have a guy that's in his sixth year, could he come back for a seventh? Oh, like a like a medical. Risk. Like if if, if Elijah yeah. would have came back this year, he would in sixth year, and then this happened. Could he have came back for a seventh year? <laughs> Why not? He would have broke every Purdue passing record there is if he stayed healthy. Uh, maybe not, but uh, I will be, be there'd be some asterisks in the yeah. record book there. Who yeah. cares? <laughs> yeah, hey, this is a wild season. We're just gonna. It is what it is. Take it week by week and, and enjoy it. But uh, one thing I liked was. You know, Purdue scores to get up four with what two fifteen, two seventeen left. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, did we leave them too much time? Because too many times in the past we've seen us go ahead yeah. late, and the, then the opposition March go down and score. Down but field. we got the big defense to stop. I haven't been used to seeing that in a long time. So yeah, in special teams, I thought played good. I thought Brooks uh, Cormier punted mm-hmm. pretty well. Dillinger hit all his extra points and his one field goal attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, had no problems with his kickoffs. Uh, yeah. I thought special teams looked good. So I mean, overall, I, I felt like it was just overall pretty solid. I mean, Purdue mm-hmm. had like one penalty or, that they I can remember. Three, they had three. Three. All yeah, I can't remember. I yeah. had like ten. Yeah. Yeah, and one of them was Bell offensive pass interference. So really, oh, uh, that's right. I think defense had two, maybe. I'm not sure if we had any. I don't know if we had any holding penalties or not, which was pretty cool to see. I mean, I know that was a big complaint of uh, Nick Holt defense was a lot of times the pass we had a lot of undisciplined penalties that we're just yes. called for yes um a couple crazy stats here this is Purdue's first one and oh start of the brahm era and their first one and oh start since 2016 daryl hazel's last year they beat eastern kentucky to start that year it's Purdue's first one and oh conference starts in 2011 when purdue beat minnesota they're seeking their first two and oh start in general since 2007 I saw that. And seeking their first conference 2 0 starts in 2010. So, does that win go to Jeff or is that a. I saw that on. I don't know if it was the Golden Black. It was like, does that win go to Jeff or does it go to Brian? Because I saw something where obviously if a coach gets fired, it goes to the. Correct. The the interim. But what if, you know, like, I mean, I guess we would have found out with if just last week with. Alabama and Georgia, if yeah. Saban couldn't coach, and they would have lost that. Without have been <laughs> lost versus the. I need to go uh, check uh, Florida State. State. I think they coached that game without Mike Norvell, and they lost earlier this year. So okay. I should go check if Norvell got the loss or if his assistant. But uh, but kudos to the coaching staff and the team for fighting through all this adversity this week, and that uh, absolutely that's impressive. This is honestly, now it might sound crazy. This might be a top five uh, favorite Purdue win of all time for me. Really. Uh-huh. To football, okay, yeah, okay. I, 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 I don't I know. I just had, that, but I just okay. had fun watching I, the game the other day, and a lot of adversity they went through. So, yeah. I honestly, after I found out Friday that no Rondell, no Brom, and then no King Doru on Saturday, and I was like, oh boy, this could be bad. I know it, and that's why maybe I maybe I went in with my expectations low, and they surprised me, and. I mean, of course, I'm going to have the Tyler Trent game up there, the Drew Brees, the Seth Morales, the 41 to 16 shellacking at Notre Dame. But then I got to really think, what are my other ones in there? And and I'm going to fit this one in my top five at number five from somewhere. <laughs> Minnesota game, uh, Brahms first year was pretty fun, just because of, of the the weather delay and how it ended. Yeah, that was a good one. 
That was a good one. We, we've, we've got the best of Ference, three and one against them in the last four years. And then that one loss was a six point loss up there last year when we were playing like 12 freshmen. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, now we got to get ready for the Illinois fighting on line. I, who got killed at Madison Friday night. Uh, they looked awful, but Purdue can't have a letdown. This is a team that came in Ross eight and smacked Purdue up and down the field. Jeff Brom hit, hit on that like three or four times a day in the press conference. So you got to be sure he's going to have his guys ready to go and watching that tape over and over again from last year. Cause uh, he sounds like a guy that wants to get some revenge and get that cannon back to West Lafayette. Yeah. I don't know much about this, this uh, Illinois team. Um, I mean, this is what year four? Five. Five? Is it five for Lovey? Um, Brandon Peters is back at quarterback. Uh, yeah. He looked okay the other night. He's the Michigan transfer last year that started for him. Uh, they do have some talented wide receivers that are back. Mm-hmm. They lost most. They lost their top two running backs. Um, they lost a lot on their defensive line. So, so they lost a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. But their offensive line is supposed to be their strength, but didn't show up the other night. And they got killed at Wisconsin. But, of course, Mertz went 20 for 21 and five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. But then he got tested positive for COVID over the weekend. Still waiting to see his results from a second test. But I don't think we'll find that out till this weekend. I don't think the school will release anything. I don't think the coach will say anything. I don't think they can unless they give his permission. So the only way I think we find out if he's positive before the weekend is he comes out and says it. If not, we'll find out Saturday if he's not on the field. (laughs) And then, then that means he's out for Nebraska, out for yeah. Purdue, and out for Michigan. Yeah. Big blow for the Badgers. But the scary thing is it can happen to any Big Ten team yeah. any week, any mm-hmm. day. And that's what you, so. I mean, that's what uh, – it was actually Pat McAfee made this. I think it was on college game day a couple weeks – or last week or something. But he said you know, the Big Ten, because of the way they made the schedule, there's no wiggle room whatever whatsoever. So, I mean, it's like it's got to be an all-in effort of the coaches, the players, the managers, the you know, any sort of grad assistant, any, you know, student manager or any sort of like student assistant manager, like Tanner, your volunteer position that you did when you were in, in school, like it's got to be an all-in effort because if one mm-hmm. person gets it, they can, you know, decimate a team. You got to buckle down for eight or nine weeks. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's what makes like Purdue, I think, with – I mean, the, I think they said five or six personnel coaches so it could have been trainers or something mm-hmm. like that outside of Brom and Biagi, but as far as we know, no players. Well, well, and they said they did say on telecast eleven players tested positive for COVID earlier this year yes. before they were even doing the everyday tracing. Mike Bobinski said last week since they started everyday tracing on September thirtieth, Purdue had no positive tests, mm-hmm. which is good. But I mean, yeah. but it speaks to that Webby that you got to buckle down in that that the head coach gets it, yeah. and one other coach gets it, and knock on wood, so far nobody else. Yeah. Which yep. I mean, like, it's scary because I mean, I mean, they're college kids. We have to remember they're mm-hmm. they're eighteen to twenty, and you know, a big win. You know, things happen. It could be that one walk on player goes to a party or whatever it is, and yeah, it's just that's what's the one The third string <laughs> kicker is going to ruin it for everybody. Long snapper. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you got you got to think the coaches are just David pounding Doug this. Whole, yeah, some walk on gets the entire wide receiver room knocked out, and we're playing with. Stop! Stop! I think all I have to do is show them Florida. I'm like, look, like, yeah, we can't, yeah. we can't miss multiple games. Like, yeah. and they, I think the whole Big Ten conference is trying to get to Thanksgiving because yeah. after that, it should keyword should get easier. Yeah, from then on out for the season, students will go home. The other students, so. It's a long ways away. <laughs> I know. Let's just keep taking it week by week and hope this doesn't hit too hard. But um, um, one other note I want to make before we talk about the 
um, Ronda Moore because I don't have too much more to talk about Illinois. Really, they just weren't good the other night, Ooh. and we'll preview uh, Big Ten games from the bets. But I think this has to be Purdue's best opening win since 1992 when they knocked off number 17 California. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Because usually you don't start <laughs> off with a hot opponent. Yeah, that was the year we were born, knucklehead. But uh, uh, I read what about that, that game, game the other day. <laughs> what was the date of that game? I don't know. It was 92. It might have been before you were born, Evan. I say, yeah. Was it? What was the? Uh, All I know is Cal was number seventeen, September fourteenth. So you're welcome. Uh, they, got, they got the win because I was three three days old. I, I, I think uh, the Cal players came off the bus wearing like cowboy hats and farm dressed up. They're they making <laughs> mostly making fun of it, and then Purdue handed it to them. So, so this got to be the best opening win since then. Who's our quarterback? I'm guessing Eric Hunter, but that's just a guess. Eric Hunter. Mm-hmm. Wow, we want pretty pretty fortune. good guard. Yeah, right. he's pretty guard, good guard and a quarterback. Wow, a guess. I know he was a quarterback in like the early '90s. I don't know. Oh, and this was September 12th. This is the day after I was born. Look at that. <laughs> Eric Hunter, you're right, Tam. All downhill for Purdue football from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Purdue went four and seven that year. Yeah. But uh, let's see so here. so I mean usually we start off with somebody well not under under Jeff Brown we start off with tough opponents but mm-hmm. so all right let's 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 uh, hit the other elephant in the room Rondell Moore like we said didn't play today in the press conference Jeff Brown was asked for him he pretty much said the team's ready for him whenever he's ready don't and like that he, he wouldn't say anything he said that's he even said I apologize that's all I can say what is going on. This is eerily similar to Lorenzo, Lorenzo Neal last year. Exactly what I was Gosh. thinking. It's he'll come when he's ready. It's like, what the hell does that mean? It's like maybe this week, maybe not. Hey, it's um, getting frustrating. Yeah. I'm wondering if he did maybe just tweak it a little bit and it's fine, but it's still not hundred percent. Yeah, or he just maybe he's just nervous and that's the reason. Yeah. I think that's the same or, or maybe ACL where he just he was fine, <laughs> he was cleared to play, but he didn't feel confident in it. I don't know. Maybe it's um, like that where he's not a hunt. Maybe he's pretty close. If it was IU, he plays. If it's against IU or it's the last game of the year, he plays. But it's like, okay, we've got eight more games, seven more games, whatever. It's like, okay, it's not push it in the cold weather. First game back. Um, not getting warmer. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I mean, a few interesting things I, I saw was um, – of course, uh, ESPN senior writer Ad, Ad, Adam Rittenberg, who covers the Big Ten, shortly after that was announced Friday that he wasn't going to be playing, he said he should be. He's expected to play next week against Illinois. The, the announcers even uh, kind of repeated that and confirmed that Saturday. But then Brom makes a statement today. But up until that game on Saturday, a lot of the promotional stuff was still featuring Rondell. Like mm-hmm. You got to think Foreman and his staff at Purdue – they had things scheduled out, and one of the promotional things that came out Saturday morning was a gift or a picture of Rondell. Got to think they wouldn't have posted that if they didn't think and too far ahead of time that he wasn't going to play. He wouldn't have opted back in if he wasn't going to play. And he was on the sideline, so it wasn't yeah. like he – Yeah, which he was never last year. Yeah, right. He was, hurt. He was never out there, um, at least that I can remember. Yeah, yeah, he was out. They, they kept showing. They showed him three or he four was times. Pretty active, like on the field. Like, like he was pretty in the game. It wasn't like he was Mm-mm. moping and just kind of be there to there or something. No, he was definitely. I wanted like to be out there. If he's healthy, he's got to play at this point because he opted back in. When you got Bateman out there making plays for Minnesota, 
He's a baller. I think if you opt back in now, don't play and opt out again or something, that's probably not the best look in scouts' eyes. Yeah. But but then the other way, the Alabama wide receiver who's who got hurt on Saturday. Yeah. According to his coach, he should have never brought out of the end zone. What a jerk. No. What a jerk to make that statement. That guy's trash. Even though he's a great coach, he's trash. But Tiller owned him. So um, – <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I just wish we got answers. But if th- that's one thing the Brom and company they've done since they got the Purdue. They kept everything pretty close to the vest. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember Elijah? We didn't even know he had an ACL tear. Yeah, until after the well, Foster after Farms the Bowl, Foster Farms Bowl, yeah, which was incredible. But uh, so I understand with like gamesmanship and everything, you want to make your proponent pr- prepare. But that's kind of why I was confused why the Rondell news came out Friday instead yeah. of Saturday morning. But maybe they figured. With a player with a stature like Rondell Moore, it was going to get leaked anyways. Yeah. So they needed to come out and get ahead of it. I don't know. Especially since on, I think on Thursday, there were they, rumors. They didn't even, they didn't even met, or I think there was a, a question about Rondell, yes. but they, they didn't, it was never said that. You kind know. of beat around the bush without yeah. even answering the question. So, what was your guys' favorite rumor about Rondell that he slipped at a Texas Roadhouse? Slipped on the peanut shell at a Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear it was oh. that. What the hell was he doing at a Texas Roadhouse? <laughs> That's my question was that. That's what made me mad. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like I like their stakes and then their roles. The roles are to die for. But <laughs> you're a, you're a all American college football player during a pandemic. Uh, don't Stay go out to. Order to go, but I don't know. I, I really would like to know um, what happened. I, I don't know if we'll, we'll ever know. Andrew, Andrew we were kind of saying, uh, um, we kind of we were kind of saying last week that we'd like to know what happened between him and Neil last year, and we'll probably never know. No, that would be. Like, I, I want Brom like to write a book in twenty years after he wins like eight Rose Bowls or something, and yeah. Yep. There you go. Yep. Hopefully he's suited up Saturday. Hopefully he's been practicing. I mean, the promotional pump-up video did even fe- even featured him in there with his helmet on the practice field. So he's been out there a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, still don't know if he was in that scrimmage or not a few weeks ago. It's not clear. Some people said very limited. I don't know. But they're also, yeah, handling with care. Yeah. I don't know. I just want to see him out on the field sooner than later because he can make this already dynamic offense even more explosive and fun. And give defense coordinators nightmares and headaches. So, before we get into picking some Big Ten games, I gotta let everybody know that the Boiler Breakdown is brought to you by Mad Mushroom. Mad Mushroom serving Boilermakers since 1993 and is located in the heart of West Lafayette and is well known as the home of the original cheese sticks. But whenever I visit, I like to sit down and have an ice cold beer while trying out their latest pizza of the month. Next time you're in town, stop in and tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. Also, any Boiler Breakdown listener can order online and use the coupon code BREAK5, all caps, B-R-E-A-K-5, to claim your discount online at madmushroom.com. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. And we are thrilled to have them on board of the Boiler Breakdown podcast. And uh, Mad Mushroom's cheese sticks sound wonderful <laughs> right now. Bobby says, hey, guys, big win Saturday. Absolutely, Bobby. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, that's why we're all in a good mood right now on a Monday night. Uh, always more fun to cover win than cover loss. And we've covered more losses on the Boiler Breakdown, unfortunately, <laughs> than we have wins. But turning that around in season two of the pod. So well, it was a good week one of Big Ten football. I was saying earlier tonight on another podcast I host that even though college football had been around for a month or so, 
it felt like college football just started this weekend, at least for me. Oh yeah, absolutely. I kind I haven't honestly paid that much attention to college football until this week. <laughs> there was I saw a, a line come across the ticker during the I think it was during the Purdue game. Um, that said like had army was the first team to accept a bowl bid. <laughs> and I was like, how are they accepting the bowl? It's the first week of college football. I was like, Oh wait, no, this is like week four. I was watching game day on Saturday morning. They're like, Oh, week eight. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's week one. It's week <laughs> one. But, uh, the big 10 is college football to me. It's the oldest conference. It's, it's the one we all care about the most. We follow the closest. We know the players, we know the teams, we know the coaches. So uh, Friday night, we got the Minnesota Golden Gophers, who uh, captain a boat boy's boat sunk a little bit the other night. Uh, I can't even say thanks to khaki pants because he wasn't wearing khakis the other night. I heard that. I never saw it. I was watching the game a little bit. I never saw it. Like they never showed him when I had pants with uh, black boots. He wasn't, it didn't have the whistle around him. It's like, oh my God, Harbaugh means business this year. Turn around. <laughs> Um, they traveled to play Maryland, who looked god awful <laughs> at Evanston the other night. Minnesota is a 20 and a half point favorite on the road. Holy crap. Uh, I mean, I, that Minnesota Michigan game was it was fun to watch because I feel like there was just one big play of some sort after another. Like there was either a deep, a deep pass or a, a kick return that went for 50, 60 yards. Um, I, I think Minnesota wins. I don't know if they win. Uh, I don't know if they win by 20. Yeah, I'll say, yeah, they, they cover. Ray says, great breakdown and show. Boiler up. Thank you, Ray. Appreciate you uh, tuning in. Boiler up yourself. Um, I like that pick, Evan. I agree with Minnesota there. Uh, I, yeah, they just got out-talented the other night. I thought Michigan's offense looked better than they ever have under mm-hmm. Harbaugh. That was impressive the other night. Andrew, Minnesota, Maryland? Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> Minnesota by a mile. I yeah. don't know. Uh, Michigan State at Michigan. Talk about <laughs> looking bad. Uh, yeah. Not a good start from Mel Tucker up in East Lansing. Mm. Only seven turnovers. <laughs> I did not know that. Seven. Seven as a team. Rocky Lombardi, not so good. That, so the fact that they scored 27 points is pretty good, actually, on seven yeah. turnovers. Yeah. How many they, had, uh, Gosh. they had four uh, a little past 30 minutes into the game. How many did Penn State have? Five, four, five? They had a lot. I don't know. They at least, they three, at least three. Three missed kicks, including a 27-yarder. Um, and a running back that didn't know how to fall short of the goal line. But either was Todd Gurley. So uh, <laughs> um, Michigan State at number 13, Michigan. Michigan's a 26-point favorite. Covers. <laughs> Covers. I agree. I think Michigan State's not going to win a game. Uh, Ooh, I wouldn't go that far. I thought I had them at one win, and that was last. It was week. Rutgers, and they blew uh, it. I rather they played Rutgers. Never mind. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Should have stayed in Boulder, Mel. Good. Should have stayed in Boulder. They lost five fumbles. Was it snowing? Was it no, raining? It was, like it was a nice day. Yeah. What the heck? Oh, uh, I don't think Michigan covers. I think they win by a lot, but not twenty. I think twenty-six. I think that with Tanner's. I think yeah, I think he twenty-four and a half. He's out to just destroy everybody he can until they look serious. By, I mean, until they lose by four touchdowns to Ohio State. But yeah, I think I think he's got. They're right there with probably a little ahead of Penn State. Talented. I don't know. Penn State's pretty good still, even though they lost, but. Yeah, the best line allegedly. It's allegedly. the Ohio State thing is 
if you can't be Ohio State, you can't win the conference. And that's what's yeah. that's, that's the crazy thing is Michigan State or Michigan and Penn State. I mean, they're they're recruiting very well. They've got a, a great talent, but Ohio State is just. I mean, Ohio State's on the level of Clemson and Alabama in terms of rec- recruiting. Four words out of my mouth. Yeah, it's they, stupid what they're doing. They've always been good, but they're taking it to another level. And yeah, started with. I mean, obviously that was Urban really doing that, and yeah. then I mean, it's I mean, Ryan Day's just the coaching tree. Yeah, yeah. Too right. too bad. Uh, too bad they don't get to face Rondell this year, though. <laughs> very true. They still haven't uh, faced David Bell ever, so. That's true. That's true. They I think might have more the, nightmares. I think they're on the schedule next year at Columbus. I think. Um, well, I don't know. Northwestern at Iowa. Iowa's a two and a half mm. favorite. This is a good little matchup here. I think Northwestern. Really, Peyton Ramsey looked good the other night. Yeah, really? I Iowa didn't. Petrus. I don't know if it's Purdue's defense, but I felt like if Purdue could, if Purdue could get a stop, like. Hold them to like a two yard gain, like when they ran up the middle on first down, that Purdue was gonna have a good chance of stopping them because I didn't think Petrus was gonna be able to put a couple good throws together. I'm picking Iowa less than a touchdown, mostly just because I want them to win every game now, <laughs> just to make our win look better. True, <laughs> I wouldn't mind them going up and putting winning like 40 to 15 or something. Yeah, yeah this is such a tough matchup because Northwestern yeah. was as banged up as we were last year. I mean, they averaged 18 points per game last year on offense, but they looked really good the other night. But, of course, it was against a Maryland team. It just didn't look good. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think how Iowa bounces back at home and wins a close one. How many did they score last week? 45? Yep. Did they score 45 in, like, the all-Big Ten season last year? I saw a stat that it said, like, how much – oh, well, I can't remember. It was pretty close. It was pretty close. <laughs> I know they, they had, like – they went, like, seven seven zero six or something like that, yeah. like a four-game stretch. Hunter Johnson's a flop, man. He can't yeah. even – I mean, he was so talented out of high school. And mm. is what it is. But I'm taking Iowa in a close one. I think I think four-point four point win. Indiana – Number seven. <laughs> Sorry, I just threw up. <laughs> At Rutgers, I don't have a line on this one. Uh, mine doesn't either. ESPN doesn't have a line. Be careful, Indiana fans. You just had the program <laughs> win since 87. First top 10 wins since 87. First home top 10 wins since 67. Their last, their only Rose Bowl appearance. Um, just be careful because this Rutgers team is 1 0. This is Greg Shano's Rutgers, not Chris Ashes. I know you want to do it. I know one of you wants to do it. <sighs> I can't. I'm not going to do it. I think I think Indiana wins. I think they went pretty handily. You think it went pretty easily? Yeah. I'd say two touchdowns at least. Yeah. Fun fact, I just looked it up. Um it took it took it took Northwestern 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 Big 10 games to score 45 points last year. <laughs> and that came they they scored 10 15 10 3 0 3 so that put them at 41, and then they scored 22 against Purdue. Yeah. Of course they did. <laughs> we still won, though. Uh, I'll go Indiana by 10. So not quite as high as you guys. But uh, uh, not that it matters. In but... Yeah. I, I think that New Jersey cold coming off the coming off. I don't know how close it is to the ocean, but I assume in New Jersey. Penix, Penix better play better for Indiana. He did not play well the other no, day. No, I mean he made the play. They dominated that game and gave they, they yeah. gave that game away. I, like the time possession was like forty something to like nineteen. Like it was like forty minutes for Penn State, nineteen for yeah. It's just yeah. Until until that last drive for Penix and then the overtimes. I mean they, they did nothing. 
Steve did what none of us had to guess. He's picking Rutgers. That away, Steve. I'm hoping Rutgers, but. Yeah. Oh, was it Evan? You said that there's probably like, oh, there going to be any parties out there at IU that they're going to. God, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> the, the reversibles don't know what to do with themselves. No, they don't. Right now they because, don't. oh, IU won in football, but Notre Dame <laughs> ranked fourth. And they're just, they don't, they're having like convulsions. They don't know what to do. <laughs> I didn't know there were so many Indiana football fans till the other day. Nope. I haven't seen them in the last 28 years. Just like Cub fans in 2015 when it started. Oh, gosh. That's a conversation for another time. Yeah. <laughs> very, very true. Number nine, Wisconsin. We don't know if they're going to have their quarterback or not right yeah, that's now. That's a tough one, yeah. If not, they're down to their third-string quarterback. Don't know who that is. At Lincoln against Nebraska, I don't have a line on this. Scotty Frost and the boys looked pretty competitive for a half, and then Ohio State put it on them in the second half. But no, I think yeah. it on everybody. So. This is a tough one to pick because we it's don't really know right now. I still think – I don't even care who the quarterback is. I still think Wisconsin. <laughs> Just feed the running back, right? I, did, they, did they even do that? Really? I mean, yeah, they didn't have to. Yeah, Mert, Mertz was just on fire. Five touchdowns and 21 passes, yeah. I'll go – assuming Mertz doesn't play, I'll go Wisconsin by two points. Two. Close game. My head is telling me Nebraska – Oh, but God, I hate Scott Frost. I'm going with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'd say Wisconsin close regardless. If, if Mertz plays, two touchdowns. If he doesn't, it, yeah, like a field goal probably. And Purdue's game at Wisconsin next week has been announced as a 3.30 Eastern kick kickoff time ABC. So it's the National Big Ten game of the week. So that's exciting stuff. Hopefully we're 2 0 Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. they might Hopefully be that's exciting stuff. In the nightcap, the national game for the Big Ten game day, making another Big Ten site visit, so two in a row. Number three, Ohio State at number 18, Penn State. Normally, this would be a whiteout. The place would be rocking, but there's going to be nobody there. It's going to look weird. Are there seats? Mm-hmm. Would that count? <laughs> they should do that. Why not? Yeah. Uh, well, just throw t-shirts. Whole place with white cardboard cutouts. <laughs> um, Ohio State's 11 and a half point favorite. I think they cover. I think they cover too. I think, I I think Penn State plays much better than they did against Indiana, but I think, yeah, Ohio State's just too damn good. Penn State, that would be loss number two, and they can kiss the Big Ten any chance at all goodbye. Yeah, probably already have, but uh, would they fall out of the rankings if they lose? I think depends. they would. depends. I think you, you start off 0 2, there'll be other teams that have a lot played a lot more True. games and have wins. We were getting votes, we're maybe. getting votes. So, yep. and then that leads us down to the final game. I saved the best for last. Our one and no Boilermakers at the 0 1 fighting Illini produce. I got six and a half point favorites. That's a new game on the Big Ten Network. I think we cover. I think ten to fourteen. Even with even if Rondell doesn't play. Yeah, I agree. I think so. I'm yeah. good about it. I think Rondell's going to play. What's the I forecast think. in Champagne supposed to be on Saturday? I think like fifties, like always. Gonna Just be no rain, because that was the most miserable game in the world last year. I think I missed that game. You lucky bastard! I probably did. Was, I feel like I would have been miserable. That was the worst. Let me see here. Do I have? Oh, 54 and sunny. 4% chance of rain. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's not real. Better. Yeah, I know. Like, I've got a, I've got a, a, a forecast for another central Illinois town. It's like fifty-five degrees on Saturday and sunny. So okay. we'll see. Are these Indiana uniforms real that you just sent, Andrew? I, I hope. I hope so. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go try to find out Twitter real quick and share it to, so all the viewers can see what I'm talking about. But um, in the meantime. Uh, why don't you guys uh, cover some recruiting? God, don't you're gonna make me you're gonna jinx it. We'll we'll talk about football recruiting, yeah. We could do that. Yanni Karloftis, come on, come on down. down. (laughs) Time's a time's a wasting. I mean, what so he was down to us, Wisconsin, and Cal. He can't he can't go to any games. We can go to our games because his family. Do we know was he at the game? I don't know for sure, but I assume yeah. he was. His season's over. His team, he, I mean, he was hurt, so his his team lost uh, Aaron Catholic over the weekend. So his his football team's done. Uh, and is he he's plan is he planning to graduate early still and enroll in the spring? That was the plan all the all the long. I, I think that probably um, I don't know if that I don't know if that. I don't know. I think there was there was something where he he talked about doing it, but then I think it also depended on the, if it was on the season. If Indiana yeah. moved their season back to the yeah. spring, like Illinois, yeah. but that's a moot point now. I think so. I mean, like signing day is in like six weeks. Yep, and he's getting he have to be enrolling in classes. So if he can't yeah. visit anywhere, he can, he can visit, but has to be on his own dime. But like like we said, we talked about off the air is you know with Indiana with the rising COVID cases, a lot of, a lot of states are making them you have to quarantine for two weeks and, you know, was, I mean, maybe you do that over a Christmas break over, go out to Cal. I mean, why not escape the Indiana cold and go see Cal, but why not just <laughs> pretty right now and get it over with? It's my, opinion. that's what, that's <laughs> what George did. I mean, George went, he committed and took a bunch of visits and I mean, he yeah. just enjoyed it and wow. only do it once. Yeah. We do have a question here from Ian underscore Bullock on Twitter or Periscope. Do you think Illinois is just bad, or is Wisconsin just too damn good? I would say a little both, but I'd, say, I'd both. go with I would go with Illinois as that bad. So I was going to go with I think Wisconsin was I don't think Illinois knew Wisconsin had that capability to throw the ball as well as they did. Yeah, this isn't Wisconsin. No, no this. this isn't supposed to be their starting quarterback. No. Jack Cohn should yeah. be their starter, but the Merch, true freshman, right? The redshirt freshman who was an Army All American with along with David Bell two years ago. So I remember watching that game, and he was David's quarterback. I'm like, oh, I didn't okay, know that. Okay. This kid's going to Wisconsin. He's going to be Wisconsin. Just got himself a really good quarterback. But uh, I think it's a little bit of both as well. But without Mertz, if it, assuming he's confirmed positive, they could be a whole different team in the next three games. Yeah. So. I don't know. I still think their offensive line is going to dominate. Well, so, gonna I mean, they're good, gonna be good. Yeah. But, I mean, you are playing with – that is a huge drop-off from your starter, your backup, to your third string usually. But Hey, Purdue Purdue won a couple of games with a fourth-string walk-on <laughs> last year. We did. We did. But we beat uh, Nebraska Northwestern, who are not very good. and Illinois. Still <laughs> got the W. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. So – Still counts. I still feel like we need to hit on this basketball recruiting. Really oh, quick God. Before we wrap up, all I have to do is just say Friday at six o'clock. You know, you know. Before we do that, I'll do another sponsor read. There we go. As the boiler breakdown is brought to you by Webb's Family Pharmacy. Webb's Family Pharmacy is an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in Rochester, Akron, and North Manchester, Indiana. 
Webbs is happy to announce they are providing flu shots by appointment right in your car. Simply call to set up an appointment, and their friendly and caring staff will be happy to help you. For all of your high-quality medical equipment, supplies, and pharmacy services, check out www.webrx.com or give them a call. Webb's Family Pharmacy, professional pharmacy with a hometown touch. Boiler owned. Got to get in there. Happy to have them on board for the Boiler Breakdown podcast as well. So now, <laughs> give you a little bit of time to think about it. Trey Kaufman, rated yes, by sir. some people as the best player in Indiana in the class of 2021, by some. He, won, he, did, he, he did win Gatorade Player of the Year last year as a junior. Caleb first is the other one who you will see, and he's already committed to Purdue. Yep. There Trey would have Kaufman. been another, a third with Christian Lander, but he, 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 uh, reclassified to 2020 and he's now he's enrolled in Indiana playing. Um, he probably, I'd probably guess be the odds on favor to be in Mr. Basketball just because he was a five-star. He'd probably be close to McDonald's all American if had he not reclassified. Plus he was uh, committed. To, plus he's committed to IU. So. Right. Yeah. So it was given there. Um, but now it's, it's Kaufman first. Um, I think 20, I think two, four, seven sports has first as number one player. I think uh, rivals oh, may man. have, have flip-flopped. Um, both top fifty players. Yeah, top 50, it's, it's really. A, I mean, the, both the third. Are, yeah. yeah, the third player is Luke Goody, who's committed to Illinois. But I think he's like a, it's I a far drop. It's a far drop from between first and Kaufman to him. He's um, still a top one hundred player, though. Oh so yeah, he's he's a good player, and someone I think any other year with more scholarship numbers, Purdue would have definitely offered him. I think. Um, we just with the with the limited numbers and who we were in on at the time, you know, with with first obviously and Harrison Ingram, um, and then obviously Kaufman, who've been in for a long time. But yeah, Kaufman is down to Purdue, Indiana, Virginia, North Carolina, and Indiana State. He's announcing Friday at six o'clock. I think he's announcing on a radio station in Jeffersonville. So I'm going to be tuning to a radio station I've never heard of <laughs> at six o'clock on Friday. Yeah, I mean. It's uh, for a long time. It was, you know, before we even got first, it was, you know, either first or Kaufman. Probably I can get both. They're pretty much a similar player. They're both, you know, a four slash five. But um, I think Kaufman really in the last year has really expanded his game. And I think now is a three, four, in my opinion. I think he's much more of a stretch four and a, like a Vince Edward type. Vince Edwards, can, yeah. I think he's, I don't think he's <clears throat> from behind the arc as, as Vince was or Vincent was at, at, at that age. Um, but I mean, he's a he's a hell of a player. One, I mean, we uh, like I know Brian from Golden Black. He says that he he lives in the Bermuda Triangle for Purdue fans. Of he lives in that area of, of Indiana, Kentucky, and Louisville fans. So there's not a you know, there's no Golden Black in sight down there. So it's it's very hard to get kids from there. Um, but he seems to think you know he's been quoted saying Purdue's probably the best fit out of his finalists. Um, Indiana's recruited him the hardest. But I mean. He said every opportunity to commit there, uh, especially since we got first. I mean, once we got first, it was people were all but guaranteeing he was going to go to Indiana, and he hasn't yet. He, I know he took some uh, some visits on his own with his family to Virginia and North Carolina. Had this been a normal year, I think Virginia would be uh, – he just seems like a Virginia player to me. Um, just a very, He's a very cerebral kid. Um I, I love Tony Bennett as a coach, so I would, I would, I mean, I want to play. I don't Tony want to Bennett. talk about Virginia ever get on this podcast. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> uh, I think if this would be, I think, I mean, right, all the experts are saying it's pretty much down to Purdue and Indiana right now, and I think if again under a normal circumstance, I think Virginia would be right there. I don't think he's as we've read. I don't think he's drawn to the glitz and glamour of like a UNC, but I mean, it's North Carolina, so you got to give them. I mean, never count them out. You never know. Um, 
but everybody seems to be thinking it's, you know, between Indiana and Purdue. And if you read, you know, all I can say is go subscribe to Golden Black and read what Brian Newbert has said because it's there's some positive vibes coming out, but it's a long way to Friday. Andrew just posted something. Oh, there's about rivals. Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yep, there's somebody, and I don't know who this guy is, Rob Cassidy on Rivals. No. So what, what does that make you nervous? What makes you nervous? <laughs> I don't want to get my hopes up. Because like what Ian Bollock says here, guys who yeah. get their announcement dates make me nervous, which, I mean, we, we have had some. Um, I, I mean, don't know. In basketball, who was the last one? Like Rondell, kind of. No, Rondell no, and David Bell. No, Jell had a, had a commitment date. He, yeah, that's what I remember. That worked out. Yeah, um, that was awesome. I mean, he was a he was a big recruit at the time. He was a recruit at the time. I mean, Morton had an official announcement date. Granted, that was the cat was out of bag as soon as he announced it. Like the the crystal ball picks were all in favor of Purdue, so it wasn't really that much of a surprise. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know if Eric Hunter had a, an announcement date or not. I remember he released a video. I don't know if that was a like a, a set, you know, I'm committing at this time. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's got gifts ready in my head. God, it's no, what it is, is it's the exact uh scenario where he made a happy video and a sad video when it came down to, to yeah. Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Either one ready, yeah, um, for six o'clock on Friday because it's, I mean, if we get him, I mean, that'll be probably one of Painter's best jobs, yeah. To put it in, 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 in um, perspective, I mean, when he got the big class of Hummel, Moore, Martin, and Johnson, each one was a mid 30s. Johnson was low 40s, and Hummel and, and Martin were both in the 70s. Right. All pretty good players, and you get two guys who are like you uh, said. I, I think Kaufman's 30, 30s, 40s. Kaufman's 32 on rivals. Yeah. Yeah, so, I know he, he jumped ahead of first. Um, I know the summer kind of hurt first one. There wasn't much of a summer, but also, I mean, he, it's – for a player like him, like AAU is not served. Same with with like with Morton last year, um, where Morton at the time when we offered him, he was a top forty player, top fifty player. I think he was in the forties, and then mm-hmm. he ended up being like around eighty eight. But he was playing on a team uh, for summer league where it, you know, he was playing Didn't, with some of the he was playing with like a, with a top twenty player. I know a, that. And AAU doesn't fit Morton's no. game, or as and, Painters called him, is be- the best passer on the team. I mean, yeah. And Not then, a whole lot of passing yeah, first. I mean, I know, like with first, I think a lot of his because I know when because they hit uh, Indy, Indy Heat, which had Caleb first played Indiana Elite, which had Kaufman and had the had a kid who's already committed to Indiana, um, from Ohio. I can't remember the kid's name, and they dominated the Indy Heat, um, Indiana Elite did. And uh, from what I read, though, um, it sounded like like first wasn't really all that involved in terms of the offense, and they like he would. He'd dump it down low, but then he might pass it out. And then it was, I mean, AAU ball where it's, you know, shots are within two or three passes of coming down the court, crossing half court. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's if we can get them, it'll be a hell of a get. Uh, I think in, Painter's teams are always really, really good when you've got a really good four. Um, he's definitely proven that he can have, have guys of similar positions play really well together. Um, you had Biggie. And Vince, they were both considered. I mean, Biggie didn't want to play the five, so he had to play the four. But Vince was more of a stretch four, and they played really well together. So I think we have, you know, legit examples that are recent that we can show a kid like Hoffman, and as as to why he could be a really good fit here. And they're and he and First are down in I think Houston right now together. I think down in Texas somewhere with McDonald's All American tryouts. So 
that can't hurt. You, you think. wouldn't think that could. Yeah, you wouldn't think that would hurt. Yeah. So, so. it's it's fun to be in a, uh, in on another player like this. I mean, it's kind of a bummer that's either us or our arch rival. But uh, right. hey, I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling good about it coming out I right do. now. Feeling good about it. Am I ready to get hurt again? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm feeling good about it. So, I, learned, while, I was hurt. like. I mean, back when, before we didn't have firsts between the two, I wanted Kaufman just because I thought he was more of a versatile player. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, both players would be amazing to get. Um, if we can pull both of them. <laughs> hey, and I, as someone on the boards posted, Ingram hasn't signed his letter of intent yet either. So. Stop. 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 <laughs> Why not? It is crazy to think we're less than a month away at basketball and we don't know the schedule yet. No, no. Demanding, really. I mean, I'm not even concerned about the non-conference. At this point, I think every team's only going to play like four or five non-conference games. I think just 20, 20 Big Ten games, I'd be, I'd be happy. Yeah, I'm fine mm-hmm. with that. Just give me the dates and the times. So <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's what's can driving me What? And can we go? That's another yeah, thing. Yeah, no, there won't be yes, there's, been some, there's been some discussions. About- if, if there aren't fans at an outdoor football game, they're not going to put fans in the Mackey Arena. <sighs> The Big yeah. Ten has been very conservative. Solid. Your your logic is is rock solid, but I'm, I'm, I'm still mad the Big Ten aren't allowing a couple thousand fans. It's still aggravating to me. But at least, I get students, it, but at least like students yeah, in student, the band. In, student in band. yeah, in families. That's yeah. At least yeah. I mean, add some. It just looks so bare on TV. At Notre Dame's got ten thousand. It looks so much better. I mean, yeah. even NFL's getting people sprinkled in there. It just looks better than nothing. But is what it is. At least we have Big Ten football. Big Ten football's back. So. Yeah. Yes, sir. And we got one more sponsor of the Boiler Breakdown, and it's our uh, returning sponsor from last year, and that is Shroff Landscaping Nurseries. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for 50 years. You can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact them today for all of your landscaping needs, 574-223-2769, Shroff Landscaping Design with you in mind any final thoughts fellas as we wrap up this episode i can't wait for saturday that's all yeah i mean it's, <laughs> we've talked about it before it's you know the what's fun about football is that if you win you've got a week to enjoy it what sucks about football season is if you lose you have a week to just you know stew yeah. on it. um and right now it's fun so I will say it was great to listen to uh, Rob Blackman and the guys in the pregame and postgame again. That was just some normalcy. Like I've missed so much just hearing yeah. those voices and the intel and everything. So yeah, I remember, I mean, just for the longest time, like even back in like March and April, it's like you know I don't really care if we don't have sports just because I just want this thing to go away, you know, and everybody be safe. And then as we were, you know, when it was canceled, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll be fine you know, I'll survive, whatever it sucks, but whatever. And then I remember waking up on Saturday and kind of get some stuff. I was like, I'm going to watch Purdue today. Like, this is, this is awesome. Like, yep. I did not, not think this was going to happen for a long time. Yep. It feels good to be back and looking forward to seeing the Boilers take on the Illini. And thanks to everybody who's been listening to this episode and watching. Thanks for sticking through with us a little over an hour. If you're listening, especially on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review. That rating really helps us out among the other podcasts out there. A lot of other great Purdue podcasts are out there too, and not dissing any of them, but we like to move up in the rankings. Um, And uh, if you're listening and you ever want to tune into a live broadcast, we try to post uh, what time we're going to be on on Facebook and on Twitter 
ahead of times, even Instagram once in a while. So look out for those, which you can follow our accounts at Boiler Break Pod on any of those social media platforms. Thanks for the compliment, Steve. Says, nice job, guys. Boiler up. Boiler up, Steve. Let's sure. beat the line eye, get the cannon back, go 2-0, and uh, boiler up, hammer down, beat the line eye. Boiler up.